Welcome to Season 5 of the Getting Into Good Trouble podcast, where we will get into good trouble so you don't have to. Each podcast episode will explore an ongoing or recently resolved international protest. In this episode of the Getting Into Good Trouble podcast, we will focus on the anti-India protests in Canada. I'm Emily, your host. I'm Cora. I'm Eli. I'm Annabelle. And I'm Ethan. Let's get into good trouble. Before we conduct our interview and continue with the rest of the podcast, we're going to give you some background information um, and facts about the situation so you can make your own conclusions um, about everything we tell you. For you to fully understand, we need to talk to you more about the Khalistan movement. It was a move created by Sikh separatists who wanted a homeland for their religion, who has a long history we'll get into later. But first, let's fast forward to the most recent event. This protest was rekindled because Hardeep Singh Najjar was allegedly murdered, according to investigations in Canada. They say he was murdered by the Indian government. It, happens, it happened on June 18th and was said to be carried out by a gunman in a parking lot. Najjar was actually warned soon before his death by Canadian intelligence services that he was on a hit list. While the Sikhs believe that their religion advocates for equality, social justice, service to humanity, and tolerance for other religions, India claims that Najjar and the Sikhs are terrorists and accused him of being behind a banned militant group that sought to radicalize the Sikhs community across the world. While the Sikhs just believe that they're fighting for the rights for their own homeland, so we're not quite sure of what's true or not. We also know that India strongly opposes the Khalistan movement, which Najjar was a crucial leader in. Najjar was suspected of masterminding a bombing in the Sikh majority state of Punjab and training terrorists in a small city southeast of Vancouver. He denied the allegations. Last year, Indian authorities accused Najjar of involvement in an alleged attack on a Hindu priest in India and announced a reward of $16,000 for information leading to his arrest. There's actually a pretty in-depth history of the Khalistan movement and terrorism. In 1984, there was an anti-Sikh protest that sort of predated the current protest. And now, support for Khalistan is banned in India. This is David Leffler, a teacher who is very interested and has done a lot of research on the India, Sikh, and Canada conflict. We have an interview that will hopefully show us a different perspective and answer our questions. Thank you so much for meeting us today on the Getting Into Good Trouble podcast. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Of course. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. It's great to be here with you all again. So my name is David Leffler. The students call me Teacher Leffler. I've been here at Mount Vernon for seven years in the role of humanities teacher and head of grade for the eighth grade teachers. I've been teaching all my life, as far as I can remember. I used to live and teach in Europe. I used to live and teach and do various sustainability programs in sub-Saharan Africa. And as part of my appreciation for an experience as a global citizen, I try to stay abreast of all world news and not just the news from the bubble here in the United States. And so having kept up with this renewed story of what's been happening in Canada, actually, uh, between the rift of the Canadian government and the Indian government, which really revolves around the Sikh diaspora in Canada. Um, I did a little bit of extra research into the history of the Khalistan movement and the history of the conflict between the Sikhs and the Indian government. So could you elaborate on what you mean by the Khalistan movement? 
Yes, the Khalistan movement is calling for an independent, sovereign Sikh state. And it was really amplified in 1947 when India gained its independence from Britain. And part of that, when the British left, they created what's known as the partition, which divided India into what we now know as Pakistan and Bangladesh and India, which was all a unified Indian state or under British colonial rule. And in that time, with the Muslim portion, the, well, sorry, the Islamic portion of the country getting its own sovereign bit of land, the Sikhs felt it was their opportunity as well to advocate for their own uh, sovereign country. But what ultimately happened as the Punjab region was sliced in half, it separated Cal what they consider Khalistan into two separate regions divided by a national border. So half of Punjab is in Palestine, half of Punjab is in India, and the Sikhs are the majority population in that region, but they're ultimately left without any homeland of their own. Um, yes. So for um, the movement, I feel like a big part of it was the passing of Njar. Do you know anything about that? If not, that's totally fine. Yes. Uh, in June of this year, Hardeep Singh Nijar was assassinated at the Gurv Nanak Sikh Gurdwara Temple in Surrey, British Columbia. He had been designated a terrorist by India. And his assassination, the Sikhs believe, is rooted in the anniversary from June of 1985 of the Air India Flight 182 bombing that was flying from Montreal to New Delhi in which all 329 passengers were killed as it was flying over Ireland. And that was considered an act of terrorism by the Sikhs in revenge for the Indian army storming the Golden Temple in Punjab in 1984, the year before, uh, which also had the aftermath of the Prime Minister of India at the time, Indira Gandhi, being assassinated by her Sikh bodyguards. And so that was actually the deadliest Canadian terror attack in all of Canada's history. And so fast forward 38 years, there's, it's, we've really reignited the uh, rift, the conflict here between the Sikhs and India and put Canada kind of right in the middle of this maelstrom unfortunately for them, and they want to take care of their own citizens, but then India is accusing Canada of harboring an extremist group of the Sikhs that live outside of India in Canada. So it definitely seems like you've done a lot of research on this, and like when you were originally researching, was your opinion changed at all by any of the information you found, or did you develop any sort of opinion on the topic? Something I came across in just better understanding the history of Sikhism and that it was founded in the 15th century, so we're talking the 1400s, right, 600 years ago. The tenets of their religion are freedom of religion, community service, and inclusiveness which sound like the ideals of just about any religion, right? That you would want in a, you know, welcoming and inclusive uh, religion. And so this type of extremist behavior does not sound true to the original tenets of Sikhism, which makes me 
think and reaffirms my own understanding that so much of these violent and extremist conflicts and responses are not actually true to the religious intentions, but more the geopolitical. It's more political than it is religious. Yes, um, agreed. Um, could you tell us a little bit about like the kindling of where this protest had started? Um, or anything just about the protest in general? Well, it's interesting that it's been quiet for almost 40 years now, since the uh, storming of the palace by the Indian army and then the murder of the Indian prime minister and the Air India bombing in 1985. There's been very little happening. And now this came back up again with the assassination of the Sikh leader in Canada. And this kind of reignited the Prime Minister of India, uh, Modi's party, the Bharatiya Janata Party, the, PJ, the BJP. And he sees that Canada's inaction towards the Sikh extremism is a national security threat to India. And so New Delhi, the Indian capital, has been suspending visas for Canadians just this last weekend. That's been easing a little bit as he's been meeting with the Canadian PM, uh, Justin Trudeau. And so once again, all of these like originally religious rifts are conflagrated by the political uh, ideologies that conflict with them. So again, I, th I feel like the Khalistan movement and the Sikhs um, are advocating for peace, but it's as within any culture and community, uh, there's the extremists who are intent on violent action rather than nonviolent progress. That's great. Um, so thank you so much for our interview. This has really been enlightening and we've answered a lot of the um, first questions that we've had. Thank you so much. Um, yes. I hope this was helpful. Really it appreciate you guys taking your time to talk to me. Now we are going to discuss some of our topics that we learned from the interview. We are going to have different people um, represent different perspectives so we can um, represent different sides of the situation um, and we're going to be talking purely factual. Um, Ethan is going to represent Canada's perspective, um, Eli is going to pre represent India's perspective, Cora is going to represent the Sikh perspective, um, and Annabelle is going to be co um, covering other information that is not in all the other categories and I will be bringing up the topics. Now, to start off our discussion about some of the topics we learned about, in our interview, I would like to mention that Tifu Leffler said a few times that this protest started a long time ago when some separation with India and, like, their area, where Punjab was, like, the province came, become more divided. Their land was taken away from them. So they're protesting for their land to get back instead of it to be given to them. Does this make it seem more understandable to the different perspectives? And also, how are these protests affecting the Sikh perspective, the India perspective, and the Canada perspective? Yeah, so from the Sikh perspective, they're probably pretty frustrated since this movement's been going on for years now with no change. This is probably why the Sikhs are seeking out more desperate attempts to get their homeland back. From India's perspective, when they do these desperate attempts, it it's not great because then 
they like bomb these planes, and it doesn't make it easy to give that homeland back. And especially because most of these desperate desperate attempts come from Canada, it hurts the relations between India and Canada. Canada could be a little upset because India accused them of sheltering extremists. Also, they could be worried about their civilians because of these protests. Which makes sense, and that kind of brings me to my other point. The Sikhs have very kind and good tenets for their religion, I noticed, like tolerance for other religion and kindness to others. So these violent and extremist acts like plane bombing do not reflect the religion. While these allegations have been confirmed, that does not mean that the group is a terrorist and that the religion is to blame, but more of geographic politics. What do the different perspectives think? From the Sikhs' perspectives, they're actually pretty upset about this because not everyone is participating in these violent terrorist acts. This is frustrating for them because their whole religion is being labeled as a terrorist group when this is just an act by a few of them. Yeah, I was just just reading this article that um, by CN, from CNN. It said, those violently presuming the Khalistan cause, analysts say, form a minority in Punjab, which is really, yeah, it's a minority. It's only a small group of people that are, like, doing bad things to get the good thing. For Canada's perspective, it's tricky for them because it makes their relationship with India worse. True, and these all kind of combine to make this whole situation um, very difficult to understand because there's no right or wrong. Not one side is correct, not one side is wrong. There's different parts that make up these different perspectives, so it's kind of you must come to your own conclusion about it. Um, so it's not it's not white or black or who's wrong or right, it's gray. You can't see who's right or who is wrong in this situation. Um, you must form your own conclusion. Before we end this podcast, if you would like to do more research, our articles will be linked in the description below. We have used CNN, PBS, BBC, and Reuters articles to find all of our information, plus our interviews. And that concludes our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you learned. Um, If you have any questions, please contact us. Thank Thank you. you!